everyone. It's your host, Tamika and Haley with um, the Hot Brown Morning Pushing Podcast. And we are here once again with Jason Simpson, the voice of Viren. Currently, presumably, we don't know, a dead man. So, uh, Jason, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you for asking. It's lovely to be here again. Uh, it's been It's been a while. It's been a couple years. It That's has. crazy. Have we only interviewed you once? Yeah, only once. And I mean, I mean, because just been the Dragon Prince has been out so long. It's like how how who have we interviewed like more than once? Mostly the creators, but like it was yeah. before we started this podcast pre pandemic, I believe, and that just feels like a lifetime ago. I can't believe we did yeah. that. <laughs> oh my god, it's been it's been like five years or something, four or five years, because oh, the yeah. Dragon Prince season one came out about five years ago. So it's been crazy. I think it's like I was in the beginning of my college years. That's how yeah. that's how where we're at at this point. Um, so it's awesome to have you on the show again. Thank um, you. Yeah, and so your character is in a very particular place. So this is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> and on on that note, what are your broad thoughts on Viren's arc thus far? Uh, well, it's I never made it a secret uh, that I really wanted some sort of redemption for him uh, wherever that ends up i mean uh i don't know and i you know i can't say anything about what's coming um but i wanted to see something where he was able to move out of that space and try and do some sort of healing even if it was a self-reflection if there's healing in somebody else's life that he could facilitate uh i wanted to see some of that it's not always the case. We don't always get that from our, from our characters. We don't always get these kind of characters that have these kind of amazing stories and arcs anyway. So to have that, I didn't want him to just be a bad guy. Um, I know there's a lot of people who can't stand him and they'd say he doesn't deserve uh, redemption. Fair enough, but I think everyone does. And I, I think everyone deserves a shot at it because there's a lot involved. There's forgiveness and there's, um, there's a lot from different parties. And I, I do love where he's going right from the beginning of season four. Um, so, you know, this could be the end, but uh, maybe it isn't. We'll see. Awesome. Cool. So our next question is, what's it like playing a man who has come back from the dead and has that affected your performance of him at all? Uh, wow. That's a really great question. It does come down to the, I, I never once thought of the whole magic of it. That, that never really mattered to me. It, it, what mattered was that initial moment when he recognizes what his daughter had to do to um, save him, what she had to go through. And that affected me on a very personal level as a dad of a teenage daughter. Um, every move counts. Every word I say counts, no matter how old your children are. But uh, I want everything to be lasting and I want everything to be positive and it just always, it, it isn't always. So for him to see his daughter do that using the magic that corrupted him to save him, to bring him back to life, uh, she's bringing back someone who did terrible things and she's corrupting herself. And to have that weigh heavy on his heart was a beautiful thing for me. I loved seeing that because that gave us something new to deal with, not his goal uh, in life, the power, but all of a sudden he's now got to deal with uh, heartache and 
Soro dealing with his, um, his daughter who's dealing with this dark magic. So that was a big deal for me. And that was uh, so much more fun to play than we already passed through the, the power hungry guy. Now it was a guy who needs to atone and wants to love someone else more than himself. It's always fun when the characters actually like get more comp. I mean, they've always been complex, but it's kind of always fun when you have add extra, you know, like a little character lasagnas and you add extra layers. Oh yeah. To them. 100%. Like, um, so on Tumblr, I think it was, um, Jelly, a friend of ours or, um, somebody in the fandom, they, um, actually did this calculate, did this math study of like how tall the um spire is i think it was just a, like a like a fun little math thing to do oh yeah and, and um they 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 estimated that it was taller i think than like mount everest like long story short when viren hit the bottom of the mountain there's no way he was in he wasn't in pieces like he was yeah. in his you know dude was probably like a watermelon which yeah. when you add that, like the thing, the implica- like a lot of times the most interesting parts about a story are the things that the show doesn't explicitly spell out for you or say to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you really think about like what she, ha- the fact that she had to find him in that state, it's like, I've heard a voice like, Claudia is just racing to rock bottom at this yeah. point. And as a, as an aunt, of like you know of nieces myself for example it's like you really do kind of start to understand where it's like yeah every word kind of counts like every and even to this day it's like you know your parents still have your parents are like your first ghost they are the people whose first um whose words mattered the most first yeah. whether you have a relationship with them anymore or not a la sword they still it's like they were the first people whose words mattered to you and actions. Yeah. Yeah. He, Viren knows that he gaslit his son. He knows that he tried to convince his children of horrible, terrible things. And he knows that they know. And now he's got to deal with that. And he got, he got his own son to stab him. Uh, you know, and I mean, what a horrible family dynamic. So he's got to deal with all that stuff too. And it's just piled on top. And you're absolutely right. You don't want your kids to see you uh, make any mistakes. But when they when they do, a good parent is going to try and atone for that and trying to make corrections and apologize. And, you know, uh, and so I think he's on that path. But oof, he's got a lot to to um, own up to and work through. Yep, that. That is very true. Um, you know, just to, to your first comment there, I do recall seeing a, a picture that was never going to make it to air. It was never going to get animated. But it was like first looks at, we're never going to show Viren's dead body. But what could he have looked like? And I saw some stuff that was not for, <laughs> you know, children's TV. <laughs> the fact Even that it in was- the... Just little steps. It wasn't fully drawn. It wasn't fully animated or anything like that. It was just like, here's some, here's some images we put together of this is what he could have looked like. And this is what he kind of looked like as she was putting him together. And Oh my oh. God. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. It was amazing, but nasty. Never would have made it to television, of course. But so yeah. seeing that, I'm like, oh boy, his daughter had to put him together through all that stuff. Her tears, her sorrow, struggling to, to fight, to 
get him back to not just alive, but to one piece. I mean, she would have gone through so much. Uh, it would have gone through so much. It would have been horrifying. That adds so much. <laughs> that yeah. adds so much to the picture that we kind of already knew, but it adds a lot of to course, the picture. Yeah. Um, which on yeah. that note, it's like, which scene was the hardest for you to voice? Do the emotions, you know, and our vocals needed? Um or anything that you can think of, like which which scene probably thus far, anyways, or even even that we haven't seen it, um, it was the hardest for you. Uh, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I I rushed to record all of those scenes, everything, because we just don't get that opportunity to have that kind of writing, those kind of that kind of storytelling. So I could not wait to get to the studio and get in front of the microphone and start acting and having fun. So there was nothing that I needed to tap into in my, you know, self to, um, it's all there anyways, but nothing was difficult to do. Um, anything that really made me ball like a baby, anything that, especially, um, especially anything that Devin and, uh, Ian wrote, um, <laughs> she, Devin, Devin likes, uh, hurting me, the actor. She likes hurting me as an actor. <laughs> by giving me really hard stuff. And uh, I mean, I eat it up, but it's, it makes me cry really hard. And so that stuff is, it sounds like it's difficult, but I can't, w I love crying so much. It's so freeing and it's so cleansing and just in real life, but to be able to do that in the studio and be that, do that as the character or after. So going back to season two, the scene with the mirror when he's screaming at the mirror and he's really just talking to himself. Yeah saying that he's worthless. He thought he would add up to something and he didn't. And he's really talking to himself. And that was a really, uh, out of everything I've recorded for the show, that was the point where I kind of touched something inside me that I went, Oh no, I'm, I'm dealing with something real for a second here. And it was like real emotion. Cause I deal, I've dealt with that my whole life looking in the mirror going, Ugh, gross. Or, uh, you're not, don't go outside. Don't people don't want to look at you. that just that kind of depression or uh, doing myself a disservice, uh, you know, as a human being throughout life, but we all go through some, some of that stuff. So that scene in particular was not difficult, but I stepped away and went, Oh boy, I think I just poured out something really real <laughs> into the microphone because <laughs> I'm now crying like a baby, but it was also, it's really, um, really freeing too. So it was quite lovely. I actually kind of relate to that in um, season four, actually, when he says something about um, he's talking to Claudia about um, not chasing, you know, his goals, power and whatnot. Um, and I'm kind of sitting here, I, I'd say most for the most part, mo post burnout, um, mm. really feeling like when I got out of college, like a broken human being, like I chased the my, you know, I chased the concept of greatness and high ideals and um, and I'd argue that I was an impressive student, but it was all very empty. Um, and at the end of the day, so I really related to that. And I was actually, when I was, we were watching it, I was like, okay, all right, relax, Dragon Prince. Okay, this is getting a little personal now. <laughs> but I was like, but then I was like, he's like, maybe I you know, just want to enjoy the sunset. Like, it's like the idea that there are more important things in life than like greatness and so like and funny enough, me and viewer and share um, a zodiac sign. We're both in Aries, so I was like, mm, okay. that's a little close. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I have had those moments too, you know, and with Viren of all people. So 
Um, I think that's season five. I think it's season four when he first came back, when the post right post time skip. Oh, okay. He has because yeah. he has that moment on the cliff when he talks about just giving th- giving everything up and just sitting and watching the yes. day and yes, um, it's a really that's a nice scene. Yeah. Tough yeah, though. You get the um. Okay. So what? Uh. Maybe things have changed since we last talked, or there's more you can talk about now. But what parts of Viren's character or personality do you enjoy the most? Uh, post season four, post post death and resurrection. Um, I mean, we talked to you a while ago, so. Yeah. Um, I do. Uh, you know, he he himself says he's a pragmatist, and I, uh, I have a hard time connecting with that at times. Um, I do. I do like that he goes after what he wants. I don't like that he does everything and anything it takes to get those things, but I do like that he, cause I'm such, I'm so wishy-washy. I'm so afraid of failure. Uh, I, I just don't start things cause I don't want to, to do it wrong. And I don't want people to go, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm lazy in that sense and he is not. So I, I've appreciated that about him. Uh, I do appreciate him now um, changing his mindset. Everything has changed. His death and coming back uh, has done a flip. Like he, he's not the same person. It's almost like being in a coma or having amnesia and he's not the same person he was, but he is. He just remembers everything he did. And so that weighs heavy on him. Um, and I can relate to that. All the bad choices I've made as a human being, some of them stick. And you go, well, I couldn't have done this. People's lives would have been differently. Or I could have, you know, that kind of stuff sticks. And so I do like that he's going that way. He's recognized his mistakes and he's willing to face them because many of us aren't. There's lots of skeletons in the closet, as they say, that I don't want to look at or ever face. So I do like that about him. I get that. It's like, um, I make it no secret that I go to therapy and kind of every, yeah. And I look forward to it, but like every week, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of have to, and it's gotten easier, but it's like, you kind of have to face and God knows everybody in the show needs therapy, but, (laughs) um, kind of have to face, um, and this is how I talk about myself, but it's like, if nothing else, I'm not a coward. And it's not to say anybody else is a coward if you don't face it, but that's kind of how I talk to myself about myself, about um, facing like my own personal demons. And, you know, but that's also how you figure, you learn who you are. Cause also it's, it almost makes me wonder who is Viren. I don't want to say now, but who is Viren when you take away the high mage, obviously he's not high mage anymore, but when you take away the dark magic, when you take away the high mage, when you take away all the rationalizations, like who are you at, you know, who is he as he at his core um, as a man, as a human being, you know what I mean? Like, who are you at the end of the day? What kind of human being are you at the end of the day? Because I do think he loves his children. I think that if anything, I think that sometimes um, people can get a little bit, um, binary about him where it's like either he either he's a uh, misunderstood you know mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, 
um, or like all those. That's a weird thing to say to like I'm dealing with. But um, or he's like, Ooh-woo. or like he's like, um, the devil, and it's like, well, it's more like in the middle. He does love his children. It's like this idea, like like Soren loves his loves his family. He doesn't have a relationship with death. For one thing, he thought he was dead. But also mm-hmm. too, it's like it's so much more complicated than uh you hurt me. I don't care about you anymore. It's like, well, you know. I just think that their family dynamic, their family dynamic is very dysfunctional, but it is also yeah. very complicated. And so, you know, all those fun things. And um, yeah, on kind of that note, um, what are your thoughts on Claudia and her character arc thus far? Since she, her character is so closely linked to Beren's at this point um, and her motivation is her family and it's, you know, I keep saying it's like this girl is racing to rock bottom. Like you can't, you can't get no, you can't get any faster than this. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we, I think we did a nice job of, and when I say we, I mean the writers, our creators, did a nice job of early on setting her path to be very close to her dad's. Um, clearly, she wanted to delve into into magic. Um, and there's been something, there's been something in her life that we're seeing in season five. Uh, there's been something in her life that has connected her to him even more. Uh, where, whether it's trauma, uh, some sort of incident, um, they have that connection. Clearly, it wasn't just a all of a sudden Claudia loves her dad, who's a terrible human, and she'll do everything to help her, and it's not believable. I think we did a nice job of bringing them closer as the seasons went by. And she's now, I'm not saying she's fulfilling something, but there's that, there is that uh, idea of falling into the parents' uh, mistakes and the parents' trauma and taking that on yourself just through pure genetics and being around your parents. We become those people that raise us and uh, who influence us. So there is some of that. And I think she's uh, going over, not over the top. She's going overboard. Uh, but I think that's a natural progression for this character. So I, I like where it's going. Otherwise, it would just be uh, vanilla, you know. I'm going to help save my dad somehow, but what's happening to her now is like crazy and horrible. And I think we need to see that for this character. It's a, it's a nice turn. I like Trauma. Oh, me too. Not in, not in real for, life. I'm here for the fictional dysfunction. Yeah, I love it. I'm anything here for that, the shit show. Anything that, I'm here for the shit show. Anything that turns our heads in terror and disgust in uh, abject, like we, we go, I can't, I can't believe that happened to that person. I can't believe they're doing that. Uh, give me more of that. I like shows that end terribly. It's a good ending, but it's, it's sad. You leave the theater going, the tragedy. I feel gross. Yeah. Give me more of those because real life does not end where everyone's fine and happy now. It just doesn't end that way. Or life doesn't react that way. So um, I don't, I don't know where it's going to end. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to end up. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I have a complicated relationship with Claudia personally. For one thing, I kind of relate to her. Then there's some fandom stuff and um, which I won't go into, but like in general, um, but I also think she's like um, she and like Rayla are kind of the hallmarks are two no two good examples 
of very complex female characters who make mistakes because the real the reality is like fandom in general um people tend not to appreciate or really give female characters the same slack that male characters tend to have when they make mistakes like claudia is making a lot of the same mistakes her dad made she's just kind of doing it in a more for one thing different slightly different motivations but she's doing it in a lot more she's doing she's speed running it quite frankly yeah she's very Um, aggressive yeah she's very aggressive she's doing it like in record time you know uh but well Viren had Viren's had years of experience and he's got years of wisdom Mm -hmm. and he's he's got the brain to plot things out and to look ahead and to plan and i'm going to do this and this will happen and this will come together and this and she's like oh shit i gotta fix this right now i gotta get in there i gotta save him we've only Mm -hmm. got this much time and you know it's there's craziness there oh that's totally me and you know claudia too the reality too is like people and not people but just in general i think it's kind of sometimes lost on folks in general nobody specific but it's a little bit lost sometimes on the general population that 19 year olds are dumb as shit I <laughs> love, like you can love them with all your heart. And they're supposed to be in some ways. Like they're 19 yeah. years, they're yeah. teenagers. You can't expect them to really, really be able to like, like that's what they had any parents for. That's what they need mentors and guidance and friends that's that's right. like to guide them. But when you are 19, like I thought I knew everything. And you're, especially when you're nine, 16 to 19, when you're about 19 years old, you think you know everything and you just don't. Like you, you, you know so little about the world. And then you just kind of add dark magic to that. And then you add yeah. like, you know, cause like you can't really blame Claudia for like where she's at in, in this part mm-hmm. of life. He's just trying to, she just wants in, in her perfect world, her, her dad would be alive. Her mom would probably be there. Her brother would be there. Her boyfriend would be there. And they all be over, sitting around the table having hot brown morning potion, you know, That's right. and nobody is dead. <laughs> and nobody's dead again. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. You're absolutely right. I love that you use 16 and 19 because that's pretty much the age of my two teenagers, almost. And you know, we're right in that zone right now. You just called. So, she just called out your children like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but all, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you you did start by saying every teenager, every 19 year old. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I was that way. I was that way. So yeah, <laughs> good call. Now on to Viren's other child. Uh, Soren is also a big topic, of course. And I mean, we saw a lot of good stuff in the the, se- the season that just recently came out. But do you think there's something that they can still work through? They could, their relationship can get better. Um, it, yeah, I think there always is that opportunity. Um, I think Viren, does Viren want it? I think so. Uh, it's not first and foremost in his mind at the moment because Claudia is right there and he's watching her deteriorate and fall apart. And I think he probably, maybe, you know, as far as the cartoon character goes, he might want to, of course, of course, I'm going to say this very plainly. Of course he wants to have things between him and his son be smoothed out and, he wants there to be forgiveness and healing. Um, we just don't see that right now, unfortunately. Uh, does Soren want that? I think probably, but Soren, I think Soren has uh, discovered some sort of uh, freedom from you know being under his dad's thumb, as it were. And uh, he's he's dealing with some trauma himself. He put a he ran a sword through his dad, only to find out it wasn't his dad. 
but that's trauma would still be there. So he can't, he can't have heard that his dad fell off a gigantic mountain and died and be okay with that. There's gotta be something there. So if, you know, if we imagine where, do, where are the characters thinking right now? Uh, I think there'd be some serious heartache and, but he's got a mission now. So he's got to put his full focus on his present family. We're a bunch of teenage idiots. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of present family, I didn't write this shit down, but speaking of present family, how do you think about that revelation? Like I I did not realize that um, I got to the end of season five and it was like, Oh, so Erevos is his baby daddy. I see. I see. That's like a whole did not see that shit coming. Some people did, but I did not. Yeah. Some people did. Um, And I think, you know what I'm because I've known it and I've seen it for so long when people lost their minds at that, I went, well, uh, well, I mean, he cut his hand and there's a blood and the thing and the worm. And then, and uh, it just made sense to me, I guess, but I was in the know. I knew all the different parts, but when I saw the, the, when you see the chrysalis in the cave, it's like, Oh, okay. The worm became that. And the worm came from Erebos. So it's, uh, yeah, so but I can understand why why it kind of freaked people out and blew some of their minds. So I totally get that for sure. I was one of those people. I yeah. literally, I literally was like, and I've said this multiple times, and so I've repeated myself. I was like, it felt like an episode of Jerry Springer or Mari. I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, what do you mean? That's his. That's what do you mean? But, but it made sense also too with some of like the very um, homoerotic kind of vibes. It made and all it's like, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was absolutely like present the whole time. But it makes sense, yeah. especially in hindsight. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't buy into any of that personally. Uh, everyone and anyone else can certainly, you know, uh, certainly put that in their headspace, and that's totally fine. Uh, I've never bought into that at all from day one. Um, the homoeroticism and that these two are a couple. Uh, I, it just that that thins out the story for me, and it takes away from that the 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 truth of it for me. Um, and for when I'm telling the story as the character, as the actor, you know, it's nowhere near that. But people want to, people will gravitate towards that. They want to hear the story that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's what storytelling is all about. We take it in and we see it a certain way, and that's why we have different opinions. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the storytelling, for sure. I will say it was actually really funny when he was like, your third, when Erebus is like, your other child. And he's like, and he like took like a nanosecond. He's like, wait, who? Because he's like, I know where I've been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, I, I know where like, I've been. <laughs> he's like, I've never been, me and Apelli have never been that drunk before. Like, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> Apelli, that's funny. Um, so <laughs> my next question then is, what are your thoughts on there be oh i wrote this weird what are your thoughts um on there being parallels kind of between callum and viren callum is kind of clearly going down a path it seems it's very similar to viren especially with like season four's intro being basically a shot for shot parallel to viren's initial intro in the Mm -hmm. show so kind of like your take on kind of like that bit yeah. You know, you keep saying season four, which, and you're right, but my brain keeps going to season five 
because they were released so close to each other. So I'm like, no, that was season five's intro. No, it wasn't. That was season four. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm totally mixed up in my head about what came when. Um, I, I think I love that, by the way. I love that parallel. I think it's great. Um, obviously, it's right on the nose with that particular shot. Um, when we see more of young Viren in, I can't remember what season it was, season three, when he's wow. carrying the books. No, no, when he's carrying the books into the library, he's not super young. He's not young, young. Um, he's not old. Well, I guess he's maybe it's a couple oh, years. Oh, oh, in like season like three or two where he's yeah. like, doing research before they go yeah. kill thunder. I guess he's not that young actually. He's still an adult, but um there's a there's a spring in his step. And there's a bit of a joy to him. It's not the heavy brow that, you know, weighs down the the king kind of thing. Um there's this earnestness, but there's this also this joy for learning and for wanting to but then we see young Viren of course in season 5 and that really hits the nail on the head that Callum is they're that same sort of pre they have that same presence to them. Uh, young and earnest and really wanting to learn and be good at what they do. Callum's just a little goofier, but um, yeah, I, I love that parallel. Does that mean he's going to go dark and uh, start killing people and <laughs> get murdered by somebody in particular? Maybe, I don't know. Okay. Do you think it's like a very intentional? I, I mean, we know up. it's, we know it's very intentional parallel, but do you, do you, is this kind of an intentional kind of, um, well, how do I say line through through the through the story thus far, especially from season four? Although it's probably earlier than on that, honestly. Uh, I mean, I think there are certainly things that point to that being very intentional. I think we can all just read into certain aspects of it as well, and just say, "Oh, that's the same as Viren." Well, they're both young men. They both uh, want to study magic. Both dipping their toe in the dark magic waters and. Uh, yeah, I think there's parallels there. But, you know, we can't get too deep into it because then we talk about family and is that going to happen with Callum and is he going to go back? We don't know. It, it, it does come down to personal, I think, personal as well because I honestly don't know if those parallels are 100% intentional or not. If they are, I think, we're doing a, I think they're doing a good job of it. Perfect. Well, unless, unless Tamika has another question that she can think of, I think our last one for now... Um, I know, obviously, we know we know new seasons, seasons coming eventually. We're going to get news soon about it. But, you know, what are you hoping for in the next seasons um, in general or, is, or anything that you'd like fans to look out for? Um, obviously, uh, not, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, honestly, I cannot say anything about the new season. Um, one way or the other it's going to be I will say this there's going to be some there's going to be some shocking I know this is very lame and blanket but there's going to be a lot of shocking revelations there's some very very cool story development coming um, new characters uh, which are really awesome and uh, there's going to be some dragons and some princes well, there. <laughs> just the, I just never the lamest, to hear it. Love just me. the lamest answer. What do you want? Hmm. In a nutshell, what do you want from season six? I mean, from what I've heard, it's going to be amazing. So I'm, 
hopefully I get wowed. I mean, I, I hope I do hope for the revelations. That's that is the big thing for me. <laughs> like if you can look, if you can, if you have like a, I can't say anything specific, but you can yeah. have specific, like, I, w I hope this happens. I have a specific like you hope one, someone, something yeah, happens to somebody yeah. or, yeah, me, go I, ahead. <laughs> I, I'd like to know what those are. I have one specific one. I think I normally, um, it's kind of funny because with Raylan kind of being where it is, you know, I think I'm, for me, it's a little obvious that they're, you know, like their relationship is kind of all, but in some ways canon and assured. So I have one thing though, that specifically with Ezrin, I really want him to pull rank on Callum. I want so badly for him to tell, to be at Callum, you know, to tell him that, um, you know, I am your king. I love power dynamics in general. Oh, interesting. I love, so like, I, like Harrow did with, with Harrow did with Viren? Yes. Kind oh, of in a way, cool. but, but especially with Ezrin being like, you know, you know, especially with Ezrin being the demographic he is, he's 10 year old boy. He's been trying so long for so, for a while. Um, it was actually, he's 12, my bad, but he's actually, we've been trying a while to like, just keep the peace. And, you know, I think there's been indications that we'll see not a different side, but see some of Ezrin's limits. And I just want, I want a little bit of conflict with Callum and Ezrin but I would love Cal Ezrin specifically to tell. I, lo I love kind of like the Game of Thrones part where they do power moves. So for Ezrin, yeah. I'd love to see him be like, you know, I am your king. Like, I mean, he's not just his brother. It's like, I, I don't know if I'll see that, but it would be really fun to see Ezrin like that. In, a, in that space. Because I don't think anybody would really expect that from him. And it's very much, um, I love a little bit when a character has to remind another character who's in charge. Pulls rank, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. That's my little wish list. My little wish. I remember. I want to okay. see. I want to see Lissa or really anything with, you know, more backstory for Soren and Claudia, please. Yeah. <laughs> please and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder what she looks like. Honestly, like who did who Let's, looks like who? We seen the back of her. I believe was yeah. it uh, wherever it was. We it's saw the, the back. Yeah. We have not seen the front yet. <laughs> yeah, and we know she wear glasses. We do from the short story. We know she wore glasses. Mm -hmm. I think, for the most part, I don't remember that. Do, but you, do you read all the other? You read all the other supplementary stuff, all the books and graphic novels and stuff. For the most part, um, I think the only one I've missed is Puzzle House, and we just couldn't get to that one. So I actually yeah. haven't read you that. You read that? I haven't, and in my brain, I'm you know I've meant to kind of read it, but we didn't get. Remember, we didn't get that one for the thing. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I. Did I just buy it? I mean, I have it. I don't yeah. know. How it is. Just, <laughs> Did I buy we just it? bought it. We weren't oh, able yeah. to get it um in time for a, a, a review, of yeah, it, so yeah. we just didn't do it. And I just haven't read it. Um, and I'm kept meaning to. I figured I would just see it at a bookstore somewhere, and I just pick it up. Yeah. But that just hasn't happened. When you start running out of money, um, yeah, <laughs> you stop yeah. going out as much because you start real. Yeah, you start realizing you got you pay for a lot more shit when you leave the house. So we just stopped doing that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, haven't have read. Oh, oh, oh I was gonna say the Tales of Zadia, like the big chunker of uh, the real book and uh, the Lauren. I've I've gotten a lot of bits and pieces from it, but not everything in there. I haven't memorized all actually, that. I'm actually the same boat, but that's I and I say I feel like Jason will sympathize with this part, and I don't mean to sound like ancient, but I actually have a hard time reading long form stuff online nowadays that's why i don't read as much fan fiction my eyes just physically cannot take it 
kind I kind of I mean I'm not even joking making an old joke here I kind of really do appreciate when I can a physical copy of a book sometimes just because my eyeballs physically I have a little <laughs> yeah. my ADA a little bit of ADHD not a little bit some of my ADHD and then physically my eyes hurt <laughs> I've read some I've read some fan fiction uh, and this is a double-edged sword for me. There are some really brilliant storytellers out there who are writing this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I will always encourage people to do that. I don't write it cause it's doesn't, it's not personally uninteresting to me. I'm not interested in what doesn't pertain to the actual, the facts of the actual, I know that sounds so lame Cannon. and so shut Cannon. off. Yeah, canon. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. But on the same on the same token, I encourage everyone to write and draw and create all that stuff because it's awesome. It's such it's so cool. I just don't, you know, I don't put any credence into into it, and, and I don't think anyone should. It's 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 o- OC. Is that what it's called? No. Um. That's, that's original canon. Anyway, that's people's fan fiction and. Uh, so I always want to encourage people to be creative. And if that means using these characters as templates, uh, then yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say one thing though. Oh, we have all the books here. I've just never read any of them. Never read any of the oh, backstory. The, not even the, gra- the, not the graphic novels. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I did read those. Yes, I did read those. Okay. Because there's pictures. Yeah, they got the pictures. It's they're all, they're such they're really quick, real quick reads, obviously, because. Well, my wife big. and kids will. My wife and kids will read them and they're like, oh, "I didn't know this information." I'm like, "I, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> what, are you talk, what are you talking about? My character does what? <laughs> I do know all the. I do all the know the know all the pertinent stuff uh, regarding my character because I've. I'm sort of annoying when it comes to that with the writer saying, "Okay, tell me everything I need to know about this guy," because I want to make sure I do the best job I can. So they've always given me lots of info, but I should read the books, not be such a grumpy yeah. old. <laughs> dummy yeah. that doesn't like to read I mean it's fair yeah. though I mean even you know um, and I'm not making old jokes I'm being totally serious when I say the older I get the harder it is sometimes for me to sit down and always give and granted I'm a slower reader like I don't read right. super fast anytime I pick up a book it's a commitment so I, I'm kind of picky with what I give my time to Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just harder to do it. And like, I, I kind of, I grew up on fan fiction. I don't read as much of it now just because I think I was so, I got busy, especially in college. But um, yeah, I'm always of the opinion that you don't have, as creators, you don't have to really be okay with fan fiction, but it's kind of out of your control. Like people are yeah. going to, like famously George R. R. Martin, you know, who I love Game of Thrones, is a right, yeah. fan fiction. However, it's also like you can't do anything now with it because even if you forbid people from doing it, they're still gonna do it and be, they're still gonna do it. Like there's, you can't once yeah. you once it leaves your your computer, it's no longer yours. And that's kind of something all of us as creators kind of have to like deal with in terms of like you have to deal with the fact that people are gonna take your babies and write with them what they want and sometimes create new babies um, out of out of them. Like like Fifty Shades of Grey is famously a Twilight fan fiction right. original my one of my works is kind of um similar ish but um and like several apparently a lot of romance novels several new romance novels are apparently Raylo fan like star wars fan fictions that were made 
original. So I'm always up. I, yeah. I, I think I, I think I'm right when I say that at the heart of it all, a gen, genuine fan fiction is not meant to be destructive, and it's not meant to be negative towards uh, the original canon material. Uh, so for anyone to you know be up in arms and say don't do that, don't create that. Uh, that's just BS. Um, and if you've ever had to face that, you know, have people that kind of backlash, I'm sure you've had to deal with that because an artist, art, art is there to enjoy and to copy and uh, steal. And now we get into the whole AI thing and using my voice. Oh yeah. That's creepy. That's out there and using that for something else. That's a totally different story yeah. than someone loving the character that I've had a hand in creating and deciding to write other stories about them. Uh, no, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's an act of you know, love. I, yeah, it's, a of love. To, it's a narrative, narrative of love. Narrative of love. A narrative of love. Yeah. Actually, that's what Callum's, or no, that's what Harrow says in um, like season two. You know, let's make it a narrative of love. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. So yeah. on that note, I think that's a beautiful way to end the interview. Um, you guys can, you want to plug yourself in at anywhere social media wise? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, at a boy Simpson, at a boy Simpson. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, at Simstagrams. Nothing terribly interesting going on in either of those places for me. But uh, uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got season six coming out of Dragon Prince. I've got uh, Dragon Quest is out now, and the video game is out. A um, bunch of TV shows and cartoons coming, and they're just out. So you know, uh, just working and. Not, nothing terribly interesting. <laughs> I'm old and boring. <laughs> no, you're not. But I think that was a great interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and pleasure. hopefully we will have you on again sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, hey. <laughs> After season six airs, let's do it again. I think we'll have uh, Ooh. some, we'll have some stuff to talk about. Love yeah. to Alrighty. <laughs> we'll take you up on that. Thank you. But, um, okay. This has been the Hot Brown Morning Pushing Podcast. Signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.